Oh, was that coming back this year? I was like, what? It was Game of Thrones. It's like, that was fucking Jurassic Park, thank you. <laughs> Game of Thrones is. It's like, there's a difference. Welcome to episode 92 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I am Joe, and with me tonight, as always, is Mitch. 92. Yeah. Fuck. Creeping up there, isn't it? Yeah. You mm. going to do something for 100? Probably. Listeners, let us know what we should do for 100. If we don't count all of our little minis, count. Christmas, all that sort of stuff, I think January 2019 will be our 100th episode. Ooh. So, yeah. Maybe we should do something special. Yeah. Well, I, I think we've gone to a bit of an effort tonight. You have. Yes. Romantic. Yeah, I've put some can- fragranted candles out. Fragranted candles. Yes, only because the bungalow was a bit musky. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> think something's because... died in the studio here. Uh, good taste. Mm. Mm. Maybe. Well, right. should we jump in? Let's go. All right. Should we talk gaming? Quick cast, a good cast. Sure. All right. Yes, it is. I haven't been doing a lot of gaming, and I think you've just been continuing the same gaming. Just so this more might be far a, cry. Might be a I'm very quick through it a lot quicker, though. As per most of my games, I don't actually care about the mechanics properly. I just keep playing it the way I play it when, you know, they give you all this stuff to make games bigger and better and I just don't use it. And I was talking to Jonesy from my other podcast who's played Far Cry. And he goes, oh, it's really good when you use the support people now. It's like, oh, really? There's a dude who flies an aeroplane, so he can be your support person or you can grab a sniper or a guy with a rocket launcher or your dog or whatever. And he goes, yeah, you just sort of hang off the area and just point to where you want the aeroplane to bomb and strafe and it just does it for you. It's like, oh. That's easier. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've churned through because there's three areas in the game and it took me a couple of weeks to clear out the first area and it's taken me a week to clear out like half of the second area. So, yes, I'm definitely more powerful now and, you know, actually using the mechanics of the game that are there to assist, I, I'm getting through it a bit quicker. Is there skill points to add? Yes. And are you actually using them? Yes. Or are you waiting till you've got just tons? I, I do do that, yes. <laughs> because it's, it's a different way this time. You know how a lot of the other games, it's sort of you can't unlock a skill until you've unlocked one before and it sort of escalates. So your health bar gets an extra bar, then another one, then another one. Yep. There are a couple of those where you can't unlock one until you do another. But the worst thing is when you start these games, you start with one gun slot so you can only have one gun. Yep. And I love my loadout of having a rocket launcher and a sniper rifle and a machine gun that's yep. my thing where i know you're a you're a shotgun guy yes yeah but you only got that one gun so that shot me and it took me ages to get the second the second slot to get my sniper rifle because you can't functionally use a sniper rifle all the time no. i do need a machine gun and i scoped that gun. out to the yep. best i could took me ages to get the sniper and then took me ages to get that last slot so and i don't have rocket launcher in it i've got this weird ass gun it's like a sci-fi gun that's okay. in the game, and you disintegrate people with it. Yeah, it sort of cool. pushes them back with a force field, but if you're close enough, they just turn to blood mist. Mm. It's lovely. Cool. Have you got your bear yet? Nope. Don't uh, have cheeseburger. No, because all the reviews I've read, everyone's like, oh, it's great when you get the bear. And have you learned how to throw shovels at people? There is a shovel shooting gun, apparently, over the weekend. I didn't get it, but no. I, I Apparently, you can. I, no. No, I haven't. Mm. Because apparently you can carry up to nine shovels and you can throw shovels at the baddies. Okay, baddies. Hmm. 
Because I remember when, when I was looking at getting it, I was deciding whether I should get it on the Xbox or whether I should get it on Steam. And one of the Steam reviews that was actually getting a lot of like thumbs up from other Steam users was a guy talking about how Far Cry 5 was the ultimate shovel simulator because you could <laughs> carry up to nine shovels and throw shovels at your enemies and stuff. But mm, yeah. Fair enough. Mm. No, so that, that, that's it for gaming. Okay, well, I haven't actually been playing a lot myself. Mm. I think I've played a little bit more Viva Pinata with the kids on the original 360. Yeah. Uh-huh. But other than that, I haven't been doing a lot of console gaming. No. I have got sucked into another mobile game, mm-hmm. and that's a little game called The Muscle Hustle, which is Sounds a, like a gay dating app. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah. No. Oh. It, it's a wrestling slingshot pool type game. Sure. Where you're in a rectangular wrestling ring, and you have these little wrestling characters who are represented by circles on your mat and you kind of drag your here I am making the action you drag your finger backwards and let it go and depending on how far you pull back and how far it shoots and they let it go. kind of bounce around the ring and collide with your opponents let it go but originally I got it on the iPad and mm. I thought yeah this is kind of fun I wonder if it's on my phone as well and initially it was on my phone I have a Samsung phone and then there was an update and then it was like well the update's not compatible with your device and I was a bit like well that's a bit of a shame but now they've made it compatible again but I found playing it on my phone, one of the ways you move your wrestler, obviously, is you drag your finger down to then let go to shoot them. But for some reason on the Samsung phone, the back button is like this not real button. It's like a you know, virtual button down the bottom. And anytime you've got your wrestler in the corner and you try and like do the move down there, it actually pauses the app and takes you back to the menu. And it's like, well, I don't want that. I'm trying to play the game, not back out of the game. <laughs> but... I haven't spent any real money on it yet. It's a free game. Yet. Yet. But you know I can, you will. I can kind of see that it is the sort it of on? game. What do you... Well, the whole idea is you start off with jobber-level wrestlers and you have to upgrade them to be superstars. And they start off being, you know, fairly skinny average-looking people with normal names. And then there's, I guess, evolutions of them and they turn into a slightly better character, more muscles, better defined. It's kind of a bit like Pokemon. And it's very wrestling. You start off with just being a person's name and then by the end of it, you're like, you know, Skullcrusher Johnson or something like that. But it's fun. It's easy to play. It's, yeah, I don't know if it's going to overtake my Supercard habit because I am still playing a little bit of Supercard. Are you still Pokemoning? Yes. Oh, you're the one. Well, apparently not. I was listening to another gaming podcast today and they're talking about Pokemon updates and talking about how a lot of people are still playing Pokemon. But yes, I am still Pokemoning every day. (coughs) There has been an update on Pokemon Go just recently where you can now have daily challenges as well as your normal catching Pokemons and you get extra bonuses and stuff for doing certain things, catching certain types. They need something to get people to keep going. Yeah, well, I think it's probably been almost two years since it first came out. So it is dropping off as far as popularity, but they have recently added more stops so you don't have to go as far to get stops because in the city, if you're walking around the city, there's like a stop on every street corner. But out here in the Burbs, a lot of the time you have to walk for a while before you can find a Pokestop. But they have now, I know my local post office has just turned into a Pokestop now as well. So I've got three Pokestops and a gym in walking distance from my place. Is Is the gym a gym? No. Oh. The train station is a gym. Okay. The boxing gym is a Pokestop for, here we go, us talking about local <laughs> geography around our area. But yes, but yeah, I've got a park near my house that's got a couple of stops in as well. So occasionally I will go out for a walk and I'll go, yep, I'll go a big circle around the park and stop at the stops. But I'm still walking every lunchtime at work, getting a little poke on. Oh. So yeah, I am the one that's still playing Pokemon apparently. You are the one and only. Mm. Why am I singing so much today? I don't know. I have no maybe voice. you think you're on Geek Dudes rather than Massive Attack. Maybe. Mm. 
As long as you don't stop swearing like you do on the other podcasts. That's what the fans want, apparently. Mm, Yes. But anyway, that's my gaming. Should we jump into television? Sure. Now, I've got a very varied list of TVs that I've been watching this month. Yep. A couple of them are Netflix shows that I've just picked up because Netflix likes to advertise things and go, because you watch this, you may like this type stuff. And one of those was a car show by the name of Fastest Car. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a car person. I know you technically work in the automotive industry, but you're not really a car person either. A car? No. I know I know cars. Yep. I have opinions on cars. I'm not a car cunt, no. <laughs> no. But the, the whole premise of Fastest Car is they have these things the, they call sleeper cars. Not a Tracy Chapman show? No. Oh. That'd just be Fast Car. Oh, okay. This is Fastest Car. Okay. And it's your typical reality show where you get sucked into the, the lives of the people that are driving these cars. But it's sleeper cars, which are cars that look like pieces of shit, but they go very fast. So you have these people that have built their cars themselves or they've just got like junkyard cars and they've put these souped up engines in and nitro and just make them really fast. Like the comic character The Question who had a Porsche engine in a Volkswagen Beetle. Maybe. So no one knew. Mm. Well, it could be like that. These cool. these cars are unassuming, don't look like they could be fast cars. And the premise of the, the show is they have three of these sleeper cars each episode go up against a supercar. The supercars are Ferraris and Lamborghinis, Ford GTOs, stuff like that. Yeah. And then they do a quarter mile drag race and see who wins. And then at the end of the series, all of the winners then go into this other race. And I think That's it was like the six car. of them and they work out who was the fastest car. But it, the way it's done is... The supercar people are portrayed as being the bad guys because it's kind of like, well, they didn't build this car. They've just got a lot of money. Mm. So they've gone and spent you know, a quarter of a million dollars buying a Ferrari. Yeah. Whereas Joe Blow down the street has raced since he was in high school and he's now driving an 86 Monte Carlo with a souped up engine. Yep. But I, I don't know. I, I, in the end, after they've had their race, they're all sort of sitting around going, oh, you know, we're all car heads. Any juggalos? No, but there were some people from Detroit that when I looked at them, I thought they could quite easily be yeah. juggalos. But it's got me sucked in and I've watched all seven episodes pretty much over the course of a week. Okay. And it's your typical reality TV fair where everyone has a backstory. A lot of them are very similar. They're all like, you know, my brother died in racing, so I've now got my tribute car to him and I race his car. And actually, even one of the the supercar guys in one of the episodes was Paul Walker's mate. Mm -hmm. And he was all like, I'm doing this for Paul because he died and- Died crashing a car, so I'm going to take this car to the limit. Yeah, the irony is crazy. Mm. I, I don't know if everyone would get into this like I do. I was watching an episode and my wife was sort of sitting there going what are you watching and I mentioned it and she was like oh I don't think I like this but then she actually sat there for the whole 45 minutes and what if got sucked into it crossover well. with like Queer Eye and you got Karamo going in there and talking to them about their brother mm. that would be that would be good yeah. but yeah anyway so I've watched well, Anthony's not there to cook on fucking meals at the end no they don't eat good there, there was a bit of a drama in one episode though because one guy did too many burnouts they were meant to do one burnout and he did two burnouts and then it was on for young and old that was actually the Detroit episode and the guy was like well if you did this in a street race in Detroit we'd be sorting it out with guns and I thought yeah Detroit doing a burnout yeah, well, he, he meant that he would shoot the other dude, I think. But, but anyway, why? Because it's serious business in Detroit. But because you can't do a burnout? Oh, yeah. No, the problem was you're allowed one burnout to warm your tyres up and then you do your quarter mile race. Ah. But he actually tried to do a burnout and the crew put the water in the wrong spot so his wheels didn't spin. So he went and did it again. And then this dude was like, well, I only did one burnout. And then the other guy was like, well, you did two attempts at a burnout. 
But anyway. oh, no, that's different. That's not just a burner. It sounds like he was just fanging it like he was at the summer nats. Well, that's exactly what this program is. It's like car cunts fanging it at the summer nats. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, so I've watched that. And another show that they had on Netflix that they've been shilling quite a bit is Big Mouth, which is an animated show created by a couple of comedians, including Nick Kroll, yep. who probably as far as our reference to Nick Kroll would be the Nick Kroll show and <laughs> Young Billy Joel and Captain Jack, which I think is probably one of the funniest clips of TV I've seen in a long time. Yep. But this is an animated show about kids in junior high going through puberty and Nick Kroll voices a couple of the characters. Got Jordan Peele doing the voice of another one, a couple of other big names. Fred Armiston plays one of the parents, but it is incredibly wrong. Oh, as okay. you can imagine, a show about puberty is. And there's a puberty monster that comes up and talks to them and tries to get them to do things that you'd imagine kids would do when they go through puberty. Okay. But I think there was nine episodes of that, might have been eight episodes, little 20-minute episodes on Netflix. And again, you get into the habit of thinking, oh, yeah, I'll just watch one of those before I go to bed. And then within about a week and a bit, I'd watch the whole season. Oh, that's, yeah, I don't get much TV watching time. Yeah, so it's like gaming. If I can get that hour before I go to bed, it's... Far Cry time. I'm just not watching TV at the moment. Well, see, I think that's why I'm watching TV and I'm not gaming. Because, yeah, sometimes I game, sometimes I watch TV. But I'm not playing anything that's really hooking me at the moment on the console. So I am watching a bit more TV. Yep. And another thing that I've started watching as well, before we get into a couple of things that we've been watching together, I've got back into the second season of The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. and I'm only two episodes in as we record this, and I must say it's a lot more graphic than the first season. The first season was pretty full on, but there's a couple of bits so far in each of these episodes they've had where it's almost been too icky to watch and I've had to oh, turn away. What sort of icky? I, don't know. I mean, I have a broad concept of what the show's about. What's icky about it? Well, without too much spoilers... There's one episode where the main character kind of escapes and she has a tracking device in her ear that she has to cut out and you see her with a pair of scissors hacking into her ear to get this chip out of her ear. So that was pretty full on. Mm. So yes. But yeah, I don't know. It's not grabbing me as much as the first season did. And I think maybe because I am watching it episodically now, I'm watching an episode a week rather than going from one straight to the other because when the first season dropped I watched pretty much all of it in about two or three sessions whereas now SBS here in Australia are showing it weekly they showed two episodes the first week and then they're showing one every week from now on so yeah I don't know I'm finding them a lot slower paced but maybe that's just because I've got a a terrible attention span yep I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And another thing I've been watching and I have actually binged a lot of, and that's the Karate Kid spin-off Cobra Kai, which has mm-hmm. dropped on YouTube Red. Now, this is getting an awful lot of buzz. Pretty much everyone on my Facebook feed is like raving about how good it is. Yep. And YouTube Red dropped the first two episodes just free to watch free. on normal YouTube. Yep. And then after that, I did decide that I should sign up for my free month of YouTube Red to you. go and watch the rest of them. But you've already had it, haven't you? I have, but I did it under a different email address. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, but it probably is worth the, I think it's about $11 a month to get YouTube read. Mm-hmm. And that means you can watch YouTube with no ads. Yep. So it is kind of worth it. And you can also have YouTube music on your device and you can close the screen without closing the, the app, which you can't do when you have just a free YouTube account. Uh-huh. But... It revolves around Johnny Lawrence, the character of Johnny, who was the... Owen Hart-looking motherfucker. Yeah, who was the good guy in The Karate Kids. (laughs) And this kind of follows on that his life's gone to shit and his way of redeeming himself is to go back into training karate. And Daniel LaRusso, Ralph Macchio's character, is now a used car dealer. And he's meant to be the good guy of the the story, but it kind of does follow on from the he was the bad guy of the original movie because you kind of like Johnny more than you like Daniel. But yeah, again, 
again, it's like little twenty-minute episodes. It's well-paced. It's funny. There is just the shitload. Oh yeah, it's definitely comedy. No, it's it's not. It is a sequel. It, but definitely. it's not in. It's a different tone. It's a more comedic tone. It much more comedic tone. Okay. There is there is seriousness to it because it's all about how Johnny's life is kind of falling apart and his relationship with his wife's not going well. And again, there's a kid that's been bullied at school that is learning karate to kind of overcome that. But there's little tweaks to it. Whereas in the original movie, it was all like you know karate's your last resort and you shouldn't fight. This one, it's like don't let these bullies get to you. Punch them first before they can bully you, sort of thing. Because Johnny's obviously training them the Cobra Kai way. Yes. But the 80s references in it are awesome. So it's Martin Cove in it? Uh, not so Martin Cove? No. He was the, the original sensei? Yeah. No, he's not in it. Okay. We have had um, a little flashback to Mr. Miyagi. Obviously, nice. he's not in it because he's no longer with us. But no. they're showing clips from the original film and making reference to him. The music? Yes. That's in there? We haven't had the best yet, but we've had the- Power of Love? No. Oh. Just the, the score, I guess you Is it Power of Love? No. Glory of Love. Glory of That's Love. That's from Karate Kid 2. Yes. Hmm. But there is enough nods to the Karate Kid. I think you really have to be a fan of Karate Kid to get into it, but I'm a huge fan of Karate Kid. I think we talked about it one of the episodes year before last. I, I mentioned that my wife and I were going back and watching all of the Karate Kid movies to see if they hold up, and I think because that is fresh in my mind, I'm enjoying this Speaking a lot of that, I'm going to jump to movies for a second. Definitely. I was home the other night. My wife was out. The kids were in bed. I was looking through the channels and just putting the kids to bed. And the Jackie Chan, I'm going to call it the Jackie Chan Karate Kid. I'm not calling it the fucking... Will I? The, no. Oh, Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith movie. I'm going to call it the Jackie Chan movie. But just on that point, Will Smith is actually one of the executive producers of this new show. Ah, and my son got into it. He was okay. sort of watching it and doing the training that he was doing in it. So, oh. so before I put him to bed, he watched a little bit and seemed to get into it a little bit. I so, okay. And I found myself watching it to the end. I was like, what's wrong with me? Because Jackie Chan's awesome in it. That's the thing. I, so, I didn't care about Jaden at all or his character. He was annoying. Yeah. But even going back and watching Karate Kid again, Daniel Russo's really fucking annoying. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in that YouTube clip where it talks about how Daniel is the heel of the piece. Yes. When you go back and watch that, he definitely is. He's an antagonist of the First Order. Yes, the first antagonist. Yes. So I just found myself watching that again, which surprised the hell out of me. It's sort of like, because... It was perfect Far Cry 5 gaming time, which I did do afterwards. <laughs> but it was like, I'm sort of watching this, mainly for Jackie, because yeah. he's, he's really good. And I watched the tournament up until the end, and as soon as he won, that was it. I, I turned it off. I didn't want to see him celebrate. Fuck you, Jaden. But yeah, Jackie, you're the man. Hmm. Well, there is one other TV we'll talk about, unless you've got any other stuff. I've got nothing. But we did watch together the first two episodes of the first two episodes of the new season of Westworld. Yeah. And I kind of liked it, but again, I felt that they were a bit slow. Yeah. I just, I've, I've gone and listened to about four different podcasts dissecting it all and no one's excited about it. Like it's just happening. It's beautiful. Oh, it's phenomenally filmed. It's it's gorgeous to look at, but yeah, it's sort of like the first one, you really didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. And there was obviously the whole two timelines, spoilers, by the way, for season one, and maybe a little bit for this two episodes, if we are talking up. I never picked up that there might be two timelines going on in the first season. Not, Not until I was listening episode, to some podcasts, because it was just getting out of attention span that you were talking about. Yep. Mine is shocking. And watching this show, it's like slow, drawn out. Jeffrey Wright slowly delivering dialogue and it's like I, I get on my phone a lot yeah. and probably miss very important bits because it's not telegraphed it's you know is it smart
smart TV or is it TV pretending or thinking they're smart? I'm not sure. Hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm intrigued and I'm definitely sticking with it. But, yeah, it's not like, oh, my God, did you see that episode because so much happened? It's like, no, that's not what's happening. Yeah. And but I, it's only I 10 episodes. That first episode was, what, an hour and a half? So it felt really long. Yeah. And just the gratuitous swearing in it this season. It's really I, bad. I don't know if they swore that much in the last season. I don't remember them swearing that hmm. much. But they just seem to be swearing a lot for no reason. But it was bad swearing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, I'm intrigued. But yeah, it's, like I said, I listened to like four podcasts talking about it and no one's raving. They're all sort of looking for the speculation now. Going, oh, do you reckon this means this and this? They're not actually saying how good it was. And I think that could be the problem as well is everyone knows that there's probably going to be a twist. So you're more watching it, waiting for the twist rather than watching to it to enjoy it. it. Yeah. As opposed to just, just letting being it entertained. Mm. I'm not disappointed, but I'm just not grabbing me. I'm not like, I can't wait for the next episode. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch it, but I'm like, yeah. Okay. I was kind of hoping they'd go with like how they did with the movie and they would go to Future World. There's meant to be five seasons of this. Oh, okay. got five, so maybe they will. Five plans, so who knows where they're going to go. Actually, I did sort of watch some TV. Okay. I've told you on the last few episodes that I've been catching The Office and 30 Rock again. Yes. And loving it. Mm-hmm. And in that bracket of comedy on the ABC, they've been showing... Parks and Recreation, which I never got into. I watched the first episode or first two and just never stuck with it for whatever reason at the time. And everyone said, you've got to get past those and it goes on to other things. And I've been catching later season episodes and yeah, it is funny. Those characters are good. I understand the Ron Swanson love now. Okay. He's amazing. No, there's an episode where Aziz, the comedian. Yep, Aziz Ansari. Yeah, him. he's opening a restaurant and they don't have enough chairs and Ron Swanson makes furniture because yep. it's stuff that he does. Is that Nick Offerman? Yes. Yeah. And they go, can you make some for me? And they're all doing their things and everyone's being silly and he's hot. nearly finished this chair and he just destroys it. Like, What's wrong? It was too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> just like, okay. So, yeah, I sort of like, oh, shit, do I have to go back and watch like five seasons or six seasons of a show? I think I do. Mm, so that's something I, I'm keen to watch. And I caught the first episode of The New Roseanne. And what did you think of it? I don't care. Hmm. But I'd never seen an episode of The Old yeah, Roseanne. Yeah, I was going to say, you weren't a huge Roseanne fan originally. Not at all. I'm just huge. Yeah. But yeah, no, I... I never watched Roseanne originally. So, yeah, it's, it's I, I did watch it. I caught a bit of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's some funny lights. It, but it felt like what I remember Roseanne being. You know, it didn't feel different, which okay. is probably a good thing. Hmm. But, yeah, it's just not okay. just never grabbed me the first time around. I was not a huge Roseanne fan. I was always like, if it was on, I would watch it. But I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. Mm. I'm kind of keen to watch this new one just to see what the hype is about. But, I don't know, it's probably not something I would rush out and say. Oh, just a weird thing that I saw the other day. Seinfeld was on. It's on every night on one of the channels. I caught an episode. If I got nothing else, I'll just throw it on that and go do other things. And Kramer ended up on the set of Murphy Brown. Oh, okay. And it was a weird crossover and Murphy Brown was there. And and she was pregnant and made me remember Murphy Brown being controversy because she was a woman in her... 40s probably back then, maybe 50s, who was single mum and pregnant or something. Mm. And it was such a big deal to do that as a storyline. I think, oh yeah, that was a thing. And just in my head, Seinfeld and Murphy Brown are two different eras, but obviously they weren't because there was a crossover. crossover. Mm. It's just like, I never knew that happened. So my, I've, I've definitely got a lot of holes in my um, Seinfeld knowledge, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I was a big Seinfeld fan back in the day, but I can't say I was a huge Murphy Brown fan. No. I think Murphy Brown was a bit too highbrow for me. Yeah. 
too clever. Speaking of 90s sitcoms, yeah. I did fall into a bit of a rabbit hole and I watched, I think, six or seven episodes of the first season of The Golden Girls. Is this what the prune juice video has done No, to you? the prune juice video had nothing to do with that. We <laughs> just happened to have it sitting on my hard drive at home and we were waiting for something to watch and my wife's like, maybe we should just watch something light and fluffy. And I was like, we've got The Golden Girls there. And I don't think I ever watched the first season of The Golden Girls, but it kind of explains them all moving in together and, and that sort of stuff. Thank you for being a friend. But it is actually... Actually, still really funny. I, I'm a Golden Palace kind of guy. Because well, I said that to my wife. She, I was like, we've got all these seasons of the Golden Girls. Are we going to watch Golden Palace as well? But she didn't even know what Golden Palace was. <sighs> yeah. And what was the spin-off show about the next door neighbor? Richard Mulligan? Was it? Empty Nest. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that was a spin We didn't talk about that in a spin-off episode. No. Mm. I think we did mention Golden Palace there, didn't we? Did so. we? Oh, we should have. It was all happy days. But the first season is quite cleverly written. And <laughs> for someone like me that likes a lot of sarcasm, there is an awful lot of sarcasm. Cleverly written? Let me guess. People chat. Dorothy makes snarky remarks. Estelle Getty is just like the smartest person in the room with her. Put down. Take that. Rue McClanahan makes some sexual double entendre. And Rose. Is dumb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've seen that episode. <laughs> yes. They all kind of do fall into that trap, mm. but I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. It is a lot cleverer than a lot of sitcoms that are currently on television, and it holds up. So, yeah. Are you saying Kevin James sitcoms aren't clever? Is he currently or on television? Funny. Yes. Or yes, but Kevin can wait. Really? Mm-hmm. I'd say I'm thinking of King of Queens, but that's, that's probably, what, 10 years old now as well? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. Anyway. That's probably it for TV for me. Should we talk about movies? Sure. Now, you've got a new release movie that you've actually seen at the cinema. Yeah, a little outhouse film for so, the Disney Corporation. Yeah, I'll let you talk about Infinity that first. first. Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. It's a big fucking film. Huge, It's taken it? 18 films to get to this point. It's ridiculously big. It's ridiculously ambitious. It's expensive. And it works. It works so well that you sort of go, well done. But it should be a bigger achievement than that because it's sort of like, how the fuck did you pull this off? Mm. Like, not just the directors, the actors, the producers, everything. Kevin Feige pulling all this together. It's an achievement and should be... Other people seem to be doing that. I'm not. Because it's just so well and so easily done. Where I'm looking at the DC films and the Star Wars films and just how hard it is they seem to be pulling it together to make it work. Where Marvel just go, oh yeah. I mean, it goes back to when um, Guardians of the Galaxy came out and made all this money. And the Saturday Night Live preview took the piss out of it. Yeah. When it's like Marvel, no matter what they can do, shopping trolley. And they'll just make a billion dollars because they just got the formula right and they're just kicking it at, kicking goals every time or hitting it out of the park if you want to use any sporting analogy hmm. and this is the combination of all that it's very very good I've seen it twice it's well, spoilers for anyone it doesn't it, it has an ending okay. but there is more like it it's not a satisfying ending to go, oh, yeah, I'm happy for it to end there. I mean, it depends what, how nihilistic you are, but you can sort of go, that's it. But there is part four coming in 12 months' time. Well, it's the end of this wave of the Marvel Universe movies. Technically. So some people are angry because it was going to be called Infinity War Part 1 and there was going to be Infinity War Part 2 next year. Yeah. They dropped that title. Yeah. So there are people who aren't in the know, like, you know, us, mm. who go in there and say, like, what the fuck do you call that for an ending? It's like, mm. Okay. You know. So. Now, see, I haven't seen a lot of Marvel movies leading into this, and I'm kind of keen to see Infinity War, just to see what yep. it is all the hype is for. But I don't know which movies I can miss and which movies I really have to see before going into it. If you've seen the other Avengers, I mean, Civil War, probably. Yeah, see, I haven't seen Civil War, so that's probably one I I definitely need to say. Spider-Man will help. 
I have seen the latest Spider-Man. All right, Civil War, Spider-Man, Black Panther you can miss, but it helps if you have. Mm. You don't need Ant-Man. Thor Ragnarok probably helps. Yep, I've seen that. Quite yeah, enjoyed that's it. Probably enough. Mm. Yeah, Guardians 2, which you've seen. Yep. So you're right. So probably just Civil so probably War. Probably just Civil War is the only one. And you're ready say. to go. Not Black Panther. No, he's in it. He's better in this than he is in his own film, that's for sure. Well, I thought he was better in Ragnarok than he was in his own film, and he yeah, was only well, in that for about five minutes. His own film, he was really, looking back now, that's probably the low point of Phase 3. Okay. But he's great in this. Like, there's just him and Tony Stark are sort of just like, yeah, you guys going toe-to-toe verbally is kind of cool. Hmm. Uh, it's really good. It's, I'm a, I should be more impressed by it. Like, it is an amazing thing. Like, it's a great movie and the special effects are amazing. Thanos is awesome. It comes together beautifully. Everyone has their moments. Some have more than others. And sort of like it plays out for a reason that I won't go into detail until you see it. It's quite a long film as well, isn't it? It's about two and a half hours-ish, I think. You you don't feel it. Like, it doesn't feel long. It's not like an episode of Westworld. Yeah. Because there's so many characters. You are jumping here and there and everything. You should see it. Like, it's just done so easily. Like, how the fuck do they do it so easily? You know, Guardians is a fucking tree and a raccoon. It's like, oh, yeah, we we accept that. Yet, Batman v Superman is like, oh, no, we've got to convolute all this stuff. It's like, oh, no, buy, you know, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. You fucking accept a tree. (laughs) What? It's just, oh. I mean, different things, but it's just that Marvel can do no wrong. And we should be applauding them more for what they're doing. Yet, they're just so seamlessly. and That's the word I'm looking for. Do you think it's probably because Marvel have a bigger picture idea of where they want the story to go as opposed to DC who are kind of throwing movies together based on how the other movies yeah, perform? Well, uh, yes. I mean, they had a great grounding. Like, Feggy, sorry, Iron Man worked. Yep. So we're gonna, oh, we can tie it in with the Hulk, but it doesn't have to. I mean, just tie it in with Thor. Yeah, oh, this all sort of works. And they set up the tone. Like, Iron Man's the technology guy. And then Thor, oh, we can introduce a god. That's fine. All right. That, as soon as you can accept that, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, they're aliens. It's like, it's not too much to, you know, mm. done. All right. And then we can introduce Captain America. And they nailed it with choice of directors. Like, I didn't think much of Captain America when I first saw it. It was like the weaker of the lot. Forgetting, no one talks about Incredible Hulk. Yeah. But going back, it is such a strong support. Like, they laid the foundations down with so many strong movies. I really loved Thor. Like, I think I've talked about it in the past. That yeah. He's not my character. I, I bought two Thor comics in the time of reading comics up until that point. He was never a go-to guy for me. Hmm. Yet, I love the movie and the world building for it was amazing. So they set that up beautifully. And building blocks that they built everything on was on such a strong support where the DC movies were like, all right, Man of Steel, interesting film, but it's not what they're building the support on. And then then it was course correction every time. It's like, oh, they're too scared to do Man of Steel 2. We need Batman in there. So they sort of threw him in. And then Justice League and then they obviously screwed the pooch halfway through and got rid of the director. And it's just like, just one one vision well if they left it with one vision you'd have a Zack Snyder movie the whole time and you'd have five of them and they'd be very dark and a lot of slow-mo and not everyone would like them Hmm. where, you know, there is a lot of merit to those films, but they're just not popcorn fodder, fun things to go see, unfortunately. And I think that's where Marvel does well, because you have the humour of Guardians of the Galaxy. Thor Ragnarok was a very funny movie. Like, even Iron Man has his little quips that are funny. It's pure charm. Yeah. And and they've nailed the actors. You know, Hemsworth was a find with Thor. He's awesome. And they established a comedy later on when they're going, fuck it, this guy's great. Yeah. And they got the director in to do it. But, you know, the first one was even funny. You know, 
the original one was funny as well. Yeah, because he's different, was but it was a fish out of water fish story. Out of water, exactly. Yep. But he had his comedy chops. Hmm. You know, Iron Man's great because Robert Downey is great. And they got him at a point when he was cheap. Yep. Sort of like, and he was a perfect casting for Tony Stark. Chris Evans, you know, he's the throwback from Fantastic Four. Not really a name, but. I can't imagine anyone else in that Captain America role now. Mm. He's nailed it. You know, Ruffalo took over from the Hulk. You know, Ed Norton was fine, but Ruffalo's good. He's a good banner. So they haven't really fucked up any casting except Terrence Howard, who's shit in Iron Man. They got rid of him. <laughs> and I was wrapped because he was the weakest thing in it for me. And I know he's an Academy Award winning actor, but I'm an Iron Man fan from way back. And I love War Machine, which is the character he... Yeah, became you know, Roddy Rhodes, and like he's, I, I, I've got a bunch of his comics. You know, I, I really wanted to see War Machine. Like as soon as there was an Iron Man movie, it's like. I want War Machine. And Terrence Howard was just this whiny-voiced little bitch. And I was like, I don't want him to be my roadie. This sucks. And when they replaced him, it's like, cool. Don Cheadle wouldn't have been my first choice. To me, it's a Wesley Snipes. That's the sort of character. Okay. But the cheat's great. So, yeah, they've just seemed to, except for Terrence Howard, there's no real weak actors. Okay. They might have some weak villains. You know, like the Ant-Man villain is nothing. Can't even tell you. I mean, it's Yellow Jacket, but I couldn't tell you the, the actor's name or anything like that. Okay. You know, but especially the, this Phase 3, I mean, you know. My Michael B. Jordan crush is pretty huge in Black Panther, and they've nailed it, absolutely nailed it. And he's another throwback Fantastic Four Tony yeah, Storm exactly. reject, yeah. where, you know, I think Henry Cavill's a great Superman. Gal Gadot's fine. It's Wonder Woman. You know, but it's just like, oh, the Flash version, there's question marks, you know, the cyborg's a bit nothing. Affleck's just got so much baggage that he brings with it that Robert Downey didn't for some reason. Just little yeah. things like that. They're just not making the right choices. Hmm. where I, I actually don't mind Netflix Batman. I think it's quite good, but it's not been the best for them. So, hmm. yeah, so they're just not doing it right. And do they need a Kevin Feige? Because they're meant to have that sort of person, but they're just making the wrong choices. Hmm. And, I mean, they were trying to make something else. I mean, Zack Snyder was trying to make something. Like, he was, he was he was making an opus that was meant to be four or five films long, but no one was on board. No. That was the problem. Where the DC Comics were never a shared universe. When Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman were created, they were their own stories back in the day. Yep. When the Marvel Universe was created, it was in a shared universe. So they did exist together. So they've sort of written in a way and created in a way and evolved in that way where it was around the same time they sort of merged the Supermans, Batmans, Wonder Womans together. But it was less organic. And yeah, they just don't know what they're doing for whatever reasons. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, I do intend to see that at the cinema before it finishes. It'll probably hang around yeah, for I a while. I think it'll be around a while. Hmm. But mind you, everyone has seen it now, I think. I mean, it made... The same money that Justice League made in the first weekend. Like Justice League Total, they made in the first weekend. Yeah. I know I've got people in my team at work that are coming up to me going, oh, I went and saw Affinity War on the weekend. Mm. What did you think of it? And I'm like, well, I haven't seen it yet. Not that sort of nerd. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. They punched but, me in the face and said, nerd. Yes. Mm. Well, I haven't actually had any trips to the cinema, but I have watched a couple of quite new releases, and I have watched one a bit shittier movie that I will quickly Ooh. mention. We were flicking through Foxtel looking for something to watch a couple of weeks ago, and I'm a big fan of the movie. You bring it on. Yes. I've there's seen, about 78 of them now. I think there? there's seven of them and the dude that wrote Hamilton has written a Broadway musical. I'm not sure if it's actually come out yet, but what's his name? Lin Man- Manuel. Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda, whatever. Yeah, he's writing a Bring It On musical. Uh-huh. But I watched the latest instalment, which is Bring It On Worldwide Cheer Smack. Yes. And I think this one was a straight-to-video. I think they all are, except uh, the first The one. first one got a cinema release because yes, I actually saw did. it at the cinema. Mm-hmm. And that bit where they're brushing their teeth is still one of my favourite bits of cinema. But this is a much lesser movie. Mm-hmm. It's basically the story of a bunch of cheerleaders, as you'd story expect. Story of a girl. <laughs> 
And there's a sort of splinter group cheerleaders that wear masks and are a bit underground. Oh. And they want to take over the world. So they do this like... What the fuck? Well, they do this online world challenge and people vote for it on Instagram and Facebook and whoever gets the most votes gets to be the best cheerleading group in the world. Oh, so they're not literally taking over no, the world. Not literally I thought that was getting high stakes in the no. um, Bring It On movies. But... I was up for that. Well, there's. I don't think there's anyone... Of any note in this movie, one of the Not guys even Hayden Pettinieri. No, yeah, one of the guys the that's one. in it is from Home and Away, uh-huh. and I think what's the the woman's name is Vivacia A. Fox plays like this. She's from Orange Is New Black, is she? No? I don't think so. I think she was from some daytime soapy. Or oh, something. okay. But she's this woman that hosts this internet show that they all call in, and she's the cheer mother. But cheerleading aside, there's not a lot of really good cheerleading spots. It's is more it just soundtrack? dancing. No, the soundtrack is shitty. Bringing on the soundtrack's pretty good. But what this movie really sold for me mm. is the fact that all these cheerleaders speak to each other in this strange cheer language, and it's kind of like the Smurfs, where they throw the word cheer in as part of other words for no particular reason, whatever, mm-hmm. and it turned a probably unwatchable movie into a very laughable movie okay. and quite enjoyable to sit and have a few drinks. And so if you were to go into a franchise, yeah. this or the Buds movie, like Air Bud, Space I think there's Buds. better acting in the Buds movies. Oh, okay, fair enough, yeah. But this movie, there's a bit where they're all embarrassed and one of the girls is like, oh, you're making oh, all of us cheer barrassed or something. And then, are they taking the piss out of Pitch Perfect? With I, I think they are. Acapella. And she says, humiliated instead of being humiliated. Like that one. Yeah. yeah. But for a little fluff movie that was on Foxtel, yeah, I got a few laughs out of it. And as I said, my wife and I sat down and we decided we'd have a little bit of a drinking game. And every time they made a cheer pun, we would have a drink. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, we were quite drunk. Okay. Hmm. Another movie that I was keen to see, and then after watching it, I was a little bit disappointed. And that was the third of the Maze Runner trilogy, the Maze mm-hmm. Runner Death Cure. Mm-hmm. I found just a little bit of confusion within a lot of other things. It's got a lot of Hunger Games to it. And there's just a lot of that sort of young fiction which is basically dystopian future where teenagers kind of take over mm. and it all got a little bit confusing yep. and yeah the, the big twist in this that there's a disease that makes everyone sick but for some reason young pretty teenagers are immune to it and they're Sweet. a big group of them but, and, and they're kind of like the only people that are left in the world except for a couple of older villains that are trying to keep these people captive so they can harvest their blood kind of so why put them in a maze the first of them is in a maze then they break out of the maze and the what, second movie what's with is the maze? I think it was like some psychological test to see how well they would stand up. For what? To see if they were immune to this disease and whether they would... So a maze would do that? Yeah, apparently. Because that looked of, like pretty amazing maze. Oh, the engineering in that looked amazing. Mm, amazing. But that's only in the first of the three movies. So there's no so maze the, running in the second? No. The first movie, they're in the maze. The second movie, they're escaping the maze and trying to get to this capital city. So they didn't escape the maze in the first one? No. Oh, they just ran the maze. Hence, it's Maze Runner, not Maze Escaper. Oh, okay. But then in this third one, they're going to the big city where the baddies headquarters are to try and break free and I rescue the rest of the team. I love world where there's goodies and baddies. The there's goodies no shades of grey in your world. No, there's not. I, I, watched I love the, it. I watched the first Fifty Shades of Grey then I'm not going back. But your mother-in-law. Weird. No, that was Twilight. <laughs> Anyway, I wouldn't recommend Maze Runner. However, another movie that I was kind of keen to watch, but I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not, was Peter Rabbit. And I will say that my kids enjoyed it, but I think my wife and I enjoyed it a lot more than the kids. Do you like it as much as Welsh Rabbit? No, I don't like Welsh Rabbit. Welsh Rabbit. I am, but it's like cheese and beer mixed together. It's not a good thing. Uh 
But <laughs> Peter Rabbit, on the other hand, has a lot of those little nods to the adults that are watching, mm. and the humour in it is very well done. Okay. There's a few bits that I got a lot of laughs out of, and my kids sort of turned around and went, what are you laughing at? My mother took my son to see it. Yeah. And apparently she, he was laughing at her because she was laughing at it. Oh, there's so, bits in it that yes. are hilarious. Mm. It, it's well done. The, the effects in it are pretty good. The CGI. You're you McGregor? No, it's um, Donald, Donald Gleeson oh. plays the human. From Star Wars. Yeah. Different guy from Star Wars. Mm. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Corbin, the late night guy. Baron Corbin. No, not Baron Corbin. Yes. The guy that does the carpool karaoke. Yes, yes. What's his name? Yep. Mm. Yep. Corbin. Yep. Yeah. James Corbin. Gordon? Yep. Gordon. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Corbin Burstein. Yep. Yeah. He plays the voice of Peter Rabbit and Rose. Red. Byrne. Rose Byrne. Yes. The Australian okay. actor. Mm. Is they call her B, but I think she's meant to be Beatrice Potter. But they don't kind of, yeah. She's just this woman that's friends with the rabbits and makes paintings of rabbits. So yeah, I'm assuming yes, she's meant to be yeah. Beatrice Potter. But yeah, I recommend Did you ever that. see those, the movie The Amazing World of Beatrice Potter with like the ballet dancers as frogs and dancing on lily pads and things like that? No. In the 60s or 70s? Hmm, Could be a fever dream. Maybe. Mm. Mm. Well, another movie, my last one, before we can shut up about <laughs> movies. And I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking this month. That's right, I'm coffee. You haven't done much. No. I. Got around to watching The Greatest Showman, now that that is out on DVD. Johnny it, Carson? No, the story about oh. P.T. Barnum. Oh, okay. With That asshole. Australia's Hugh Jackman. That awesome guy. Yeah. I, I don't think there is a lot of truth in this movie. From all reports, none. Hmm. Oh, well, he did start a circus. Yes. But he was not likeable. No. He's not a nice person. He does a few unscrupulous things over the course of the film, but overall he is a likeable person because Hugh Jackman is a likeable person. Yes. And I really enjoyed this movie. It's probably the movie that I've enjoyed the most so far this year. I heard it. I went. We went down the beach at Easter, the beach house. Not just the beach. I wasn't just sitting in the beach. And I was doing some homework on the table while my wife and mother watched it. So I heard it. The songs are actually really good. I was surprised. Who did La La Land people? Yeah. Right? yeah. And La La Land is an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> and the songs in La La Land are probably well written, but they're not performed very well. Mm. Because Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling probably can't sing and dance. But on the other hand, Greatest Showman. Hugh Jackman's just awesome. And the songs are just instantly it's got catching. Zendaya in it. Yeah. I don't know nothing. I know she's in Spider-Man. She's in Spider-Man. She's in one of those Disney yeah. sort of tween shows. It's got the guy from Baywatch. Or High School Musical. With Who? Zac Efron. Whichever yeah. way you want to look Baywatch. at it. Baywatch. But he's obviously come from a musical background because he was in Hairspray. <coughs> he was also in High School Musical. And there's one number that he and Hugh Jackman sing where they're trying to set up a deal. And it's just well choreographed. Beautifully performed. They sing well together. And it just is a really good film. It just makes you feel good. It's one of those movies where you just feel empowered watching this movie. The only thing I will say against it is some of the CGI is a little bit off. Because there's CGI animals in the circus. Mm. But then you're not watching this movie to be a CGI wonder piece. You're watching it because it's a musical. And it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a great film. I really recommend it. Hmm. Well, that's probably it for my TV and movies and stuff. I will quickly mention a podcast that I've just binge listened to as well because I've been doing a lot of binging this last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And there is a new podcast by Gimlet Media that's just come out called The Habitat yes. that I would highly recommend. It is a produced sort of documentary podcast covering a NASA expedition that they did with a group of young people in a simulated Mars mission that they did in a volcano in Hawaii where these people were put in this little capsule and it was like simulating what 
what would it be to be living on Mars? Mm. And it's seven episodes and they're all about 25, half an hour long. Mm. And it's just the recordings of them in the simulation and the news reporter whose name is Lynn Levy, who I hadn't heard of, but apparently she is quite a known journalist, sort of dissecting these recordings and talking about what it would be like to do this Mars mission. And I mean, it sounds dull as fuck. It's not, though. It's actually really compelling. Okay. And again, it's something that I listened to the first couple of episodes and thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. And then after I listened to the, the second one, I was like, yep, I'm downloading the rest of them and I'm going to okay. listen to them all. My podcasting, I've got a big backlog now. Yeah, because I took on two podcasts because I'm sort of I'm fascinated by by Trump, America, and Trump at the moment. Yeah, so I've been listening to the Slate, and they've got one which is the gist. The Slate is like the broadcasting, the network of podcasts, and the Slate is sort of a daily twenty five minute podcast, generally talking about politics or the topic of the day, the gist, mm. the topic du jour. But mostly it's about Trump because he generally is the topic of the day, and it's kind of cool. But it's daily, and I don't know how you used to listen to Corolla daily when it was so long, where this is only 25 minutes. Yeah, Corolla was an hour and a half, and it used to be a bit of a struggle. Yeah, so it's every day, so I'm sort of keeping up to date with that, and then there's another one from the slate, which is the Trump cast, which is purely about Trump, mm-hmm. but it maybe not daily, it might be a bit more in-depth about something that happened in the last few weeks, and that's daily as well, so I'm sort of, that's doing it, and I've got my wrestling ones, which are three hours long, so yeah. they sort of get pushed to the back burner, but then I go, no, but I don't want too many in back burner, so I'll start listening to them now, and they just... They just take up way too much time. Yeah. And I, I, I'm i missing out on certain ones. Like, there's new things, and I'd like to try new. Someone put me onto one. It was a, it's a finite one it's about a serial killer or about a killer, and it's a whole case, and it finishes. And it's like, that sounds great. And there's like eight episodes, and it's like, perfect. Mm. Haven't even started it. Okay. Because it's like, okay. But I did find one, which I put you onto, and that's Forgotten TV. Yeah. Really and too. if I wasn't doing school at the moment had homework I would be going back and looking for some retro TV because that's fascinating like the guy's not the most interesting person like it's very dry but it's just like there's so much stuff we missed out on here in Australia. Like, because he's talking a lot of 70s stuff. Yeah. And he's, he did a two-episode one on the weird Sid and Marty Croft stuff. Yeah. So I, I knew H.R. Puff and stuff. I know of Sigmund and the Sea Monster. But Electra Woman, Diner Girl and Wonderbug, I knew. But there were all these other shows yeah. that I'd never even heard of. It's like, I want to I wanna know about this. And they're terrible. I know they're going to be. Yeah. But I'm fascinated by it. And then there was a bunch of science fiction shows like Phoenix that ran for like four episodes yeah. or seven episodes. Hmm. I was like, I want to watch that because he talks about other shows like Automan, which I know went for like seven yeah. episodes, but I remember that when it came out, it was like, this show's amazing. I can't wait. I watched it and it went away. It's just as quick as it came. Hmm. He talked about the show Highwayman. So there's shows I know about. It's like, yes, I, I get the gist of what you're reviewing and talking about. Yeah. So I'm interested in all the other ones you're talking about. And I know they're going to be terrible, but I'm fascinated. And I do find it quite interesting because it is just one dude talking about their shows, putting a little audio clip in. And I find there's different types of podcasts and depending on what I'm feeling at that stage is what I want to listen to. Because mm. majority of the stuff I'm listening to is, I guess, conversational podcasts like what we do, where it's a couple of dudes or a group of guys sort of talking about a topic. Yep. And then there is shows like Case File that are one dude just talking, not really giving an opinion, just telling mm-hmm. the facts. And then I kind of find myself just recently gravitating towards these sort of Habitat type ones where yep. it is a produced podcast with, you know, audio clips and yep. editorializing things. <laughs> and I find with those, the good thing with them is they're not time sensitive. So I can have a backlog or I can listen to them all in one hit. Whereas something where it is topical, yep. I kind of want to get onto straight away and listen to it while it is, you know, fresh in 
my mind. Mm. And uh, that's where I fall down because I have a backlog and then I think, well, I can't really go back. So I might just delete a couple of episodes and then pick up where the latest one is sort of yep. thing. But yeah. And I, I think as well, I'm not doing a lot of the stuff that I used to be doing to listen to podcasts. It used to be I would listen to a podcast while I was gaming, mm. but now I'm not gaming as much, so I'm not listening. But then when I do listen, I kind of do binge all in a hit. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, I've been you know, gaming, so therefore I do get a bit done. Mm. So it's been handy. Hmm. Now, just briefly before we do wrap up this week, we will mention that it was Free Comic Book Day just passed. Yes. On the weekend just gone. Yep. Now, we didn't actually go together this time around because of... We hate each other. We do. We, yep. we really don't like hanging out when we're not recording. But we had We're not in the on. same room. We're like the Eagles. We yep. have to put different carpets down so we're not in the same room technically so we can record this. Mm. Mm. No, not really. Ah. But a couple of years ago, we did go to Free Comic Book Day together. But then this year, you had things on in the morning and I had... <laughs> And I had things on in the afternoon, so it didn't quite work out. So I took my youngest son to Comics R Us in Paran. Yep. And we were expecting it to be quite busy. And we got there probably about 10.30, mm-hmm. only half an hour after they opened. And there was only a couple of people in line before us. And I think when we come in, there was a few kids in the line behind us. Yep. So I don't know if it's really dropping off. I think All-Star Comics in the city still had a pretty big crowd. Yes, I, I went later. So you, you tell your day. All right. Well, we got there and there, as I said, there wasn't much of a crowd. There was a couple of people dressed up, sort of shilling it out the front. Yep. The staff were all wearing costumes. Mm-hmm. My son and I walked in. We walked straight up to the counter and said, Give me your porn comics. No. no, we didn't say that. He wanted a Pokemon comic, which I don't think he has read yet. Mm-hmm. He also got a, I think it was the Avengers or something, and another one with Miss Marvel and Squirrel Girl that he quite actually enjoyed and so did I. Yeah. And I... I got my normal Bongo comic because I get that every year at Free Comic Book Day. And I think I picked up the Overwatch one as well, but I haven't read that yet. But yeah, I just thought it was very low-key compared to other times where we've had to stand in line for a long time and huge crowds. It just seemed a bit smaller. I'm the same. I have a standing order at Comics R Us on Chapel Street. Yeah. So that's where I went. And the problem with it's footy season now, my kids have swimming and park run and stuff on a Saturday, and I just don't get to the comic shop like I used to. Yeah. It's just harder. You know, my daughter's not... Not quite too, so she still has a nap. And I asked my son, he'd rather watch Octonauts and go to the comic shop, and it's just, it just doesn't happen like it used to. Yeah. So having a standing order is nasty if you don't go for a while. Free comic book day is fucking expensive. <laughs> so it has been about four months. Oh, and, okay. the, and, the, and I, I don't have a lot of comics in my standing order. Like, I've had this for a while, and I still get Deadpool, and I still get Action, and I get Superman. And they're double shipping those books a month sometimes. So I had a wad of comics. That's a decent wad. So it was about 140 bucks worth wow. of comics. And there was this Action Comics 1000 in there as well. So it's a bit, it was an overpriced, bigger, bigger comic as well. Mm. But still, it's a lot of comics. So that, that was Elchie's. Mm. But, um, you know, buy your standing order. You know, if you're standing orders, people, don't let it sit. Don't let it sit for four months. It's not good for the store. They're sitting on stock that they're not making money on. Go pay them. So I felt bad that. I hadn't been so I was like yeah at least it took me free comic book day to get off my ass and get out there and do it so I bought it and that was fine I didn't drag the kids along like my wife was working that day so it was like we're gonna tow and Jackson didn't really want to he was gonna go and then my wife ended up finishing work early so that was fine I could go on my own and that makes it a lot easier Yeah, and you can get a lot more done so yeah you'd warn me that you know, there wasn't much of a queue so I turned up and no there wasn't which was a surprise because generally there's a little bit of a queue at the store mm. Comics R Us do have a store in the city as well which would have been busier. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if people aren't aware with Melbourne, but there's actually four comic book stores in the CBD itself of Melbourne. 
Okay. There's Minotaur, All Star, Comics Are Us, and Classic Comics. So if you want to get your hit of comics, most of them give you a lot anyway. I think All Star give you seven. And I mean, if you're in the know with the Comics Are Us, I could have had any one I wanted. Some do a limit, but yeah, if you did want to hit everything, you could have, you know, in Melbourne CBD, there's four stores to hit. Yep. So the city store for Comics Are Us does get more traffic. It is okay. the main store, even though the owner on that works out of the Chapel Street store, which was the first store. <coughs> so I chatted him for a while. It wasn't that bad and there was a good flow of people coming through but it wasn't the queue that you get that we've had in the past okay so i got my comics i only got a few and none for me oh no actually i got barrier for me which is a brian k Vaughan comic and there's one a kid's book about two cats that dress up in a dog suit and help people because people don't respect cats enough to think they'd be saviors so they dress up as a dog apparently it's really funny so okay. I, I grabbed that one but yeah in the end i was like i don't want any of these there's nothing for me like i don't need these free comics because over the years i used to get the tick one but i'm not even buying that anymore because yeah. England's not writing it so it just doesn't feel tickish for me mm. yeah so I hit that that was fine got my comics paid my $130 go, oh that hurt <laughs> and then it's like oh I might swing by All Star because they generally go to a massive effort with their costumes yep. like all the staff and they generally do it on theme like one year it was all Marvel one year it was DC one year it was indie comics and things like that so I was like mm. I'll be interested to see what they do this year Scott a park around the corner beautiful like this it. is meant to be here all good go around the corner and this is three in the afternoon it's you know fairly late a queue out the front nearly around the corner still Okay. I was like, fuck, all right, I'm not going in there. Like I said, I did. I got all the comics I wanted from Comics R Us, so I didn't need it. Troy, one of the owners, he was out the front dressed as Black Sad, so I chatted to him for a bit. It was like, good crowd. He goes, yeah, it's been good and all this. And they do a great job with kids. Like We yeah. used to go there back in the day when your kids were younger, and I used to drag my um, nephews along. Yeah. Because they used to open that a little bit early for the kids, and I used to utilize yeah. the children. Yeah. To get in there early. Yeah. They put a bundle together, like a bag of all the kids' free comic books together, and you go in and grab it. Mm. So, yeah, they did. They do that all the time, which was really, really – it's great effort that they do that. Yeah. And um, actually, my son and I had the discussion. I said to him, look, if we go into the city, we can probably get more comics, but we'll have to wait longer, and we may have to line up. But if we go to the Paran store, we might be able to get away with not having to wait quite as long. Yeah. And in the end, he was like, well, let's just go to the easy one sort of thing. Mm. And my older boy was going to the footy in the afternoon, so he – he didn't want to come just in case he'd miss out yep. on having to go to the footy. So mm. it was just me and my little one. And I will say that since we've got them home, he has read most of the ones that he got for him. Oh, cool. And even the ones we got a couple of years ago, though, I think they got a SpongeBob one a couple of years ago, and he still reads that on a semi-regular That's basis. Cool. It hasn't actually encouraged them to go on to read anything else, but they are still reading That's the ones that they've maybe got. Maybe it's the seed. That's all they need. It could be. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, so I went there and I talked to Troy for a little bit. He goes, you can go and get standing order if you want so I don't have one here but that's alright but I went in and just said hello I wasn't joining the queue I didn't go upstairs I would love to have just seen the costumes and that mm. but so there was a queue outside and there's a queue and then that gets you inside which is another queue to go upstairs yep. and then there's a queue upstairs to get the free get books, the books yeah. so I was like oh, and they regulated enough so it's not too packed it's not out of control but yeah you do have to wait and mm. were people in the queue were in costume and it was pretty damn awesome but it's like yeah I'm not going to bother with that Yeah. so I did that so I thought I'd go for a walk and that's close enough to Elizabeth Street for that pizza joint down near Dreams. It's a nightclub, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Dreams something. Is it a bar? I'm not I don't sure know. I've is. never been there. I don't know what you're talking you about. Know. Anyway. Yeah, so I went and got, grabbed some pizza when I'm walking along Elizabeth Street. I'm thinking, Minotaur's up here. They're doing free comics. I'll just pop in. Now, Minotaur is notorious. I would tell people, never go to Minotaur if you want to buy comics because there's other shops out there that are better. I'd kind of say never go to Minotaur if you want to buy anything. Yeah. It's like, they used to have DVDs of wrestling that other people didn't have, but you would end up paying... 
Double the price for that's that's Minotaur in general. That's why I say mm. don't. But they have a lot of stuff. Mm. They make their money on people who have a lot of money who don't know any better. Yeah. But they do have. I'm not going to say everything, but they got a lot of stuff. Mm. So it's an impressive store to go into because you can see everything that's there. So I went thought I'd go and have a look anyway. And there was a bit of a queue in there to get the free comics. I was like, I'm not going to join the queue. Don't need it. But yeah, there's a queue if I if I wanted to. But they had a sale on twenty mm. percent off anything comic related. Uh, and what did you end up buying? Uh, one twelve in uh, one. 12 scale Mezco Superman action figure. And how much did that set you back? With the discount, I was like, cheap. I was losing money not buying it. <laughs> of course you were. It was 110 in the end. Wow. Yeah. Free comic book day is fucking expensive. Mm. I know the, the first year I took my kids, I got a parking fine. So that cost me like $140 <laughs> for free comic book day as well. So maybe it's a scam. Mm. Mm. But anyway. Yeah. So, so I did that. And lastly, I went, I circled round back because my car was right near the comic all-star. So I went to there and they do an artist alley every year. I think classic comics do it as well, but that's the other end of Sydney. I didn't have time. A lot of local. And there's some really good local talent in Melbourne now. Yep. And they've organised it. They all do it for free. You can go gold coin donation. And these artists, they're scheduled on all day to do um, sketches. Yep. And they've done it last few years. I don't know how many now. But yeah, that money goes to the Royal Children's Hospital. So they're donating their time and their efforts and do a great effort for it and they've made thousands of dollars over the years for the Royal Children, which is awesome. Yeah, so I popped in to see that this time, which was over the road in the foyer of a building that they organised and saw a friend David Blumenstein and Sarah, okay. so it was good to see them mm. and it was like, then I went home, so great day, but bloody expensive. Mm. So, yeah, I probably won't go back again till next free comic book day. Mm. Alrighty, well, that's probably a nice place for us to wrap up this episode. I will just drop a quick little plug before we record our next episode. We are DJing again huh? for Continuum Convention for yep. the Masquerade Ball, which will be on the 9th of June. So our next episode will drop just after that, so we'll probably have some stories about our DJ night. So that soon? Jesus. It's only a month away. Yeah. This year has gone too quick. Far too quick. Wow. But yeah. And we will be back again in a couple of weeks with another mini episode. And this one isn't going to be wrestling related for a change. So it's no. good. But yeah, nice little topic free episode this one. But we still managed to talk for Blabber. longer than we normally do. But there was a lot of stuff we needed to talk about. We needed to. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff I needed to talk about. And then you talked a lot about one thing, so it kind of balanced <laughs> out. But anyway, if you have any feedback for us, you can jump on our website. We are the mapodcast.podbean.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast or we are the MA Podcast on Twitter. Cool. So, until next time, thank you, Mitch. See you later. All right, bye-bye. This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And while she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her when she smiles. How many days in the year she woke up with hope but she only found tears and I can be so insincere. Making a promise is never for real As long as you stand there waiting Wearing the holes in the soles of the shoes How many days disappear When you look in the mirror It's the hat of your shoes Your clothes never wear as well the next day And your hair never falls in quite the same way You never seem to run out of things to say This is the story of a girl Who cried a river and drowned the whole world And while she looks so sad She smiles. How many lovers would stay just to put up with this every day and all day? How do we wind up this way? Watching the mouse for the words that we say. As long as we stand here waiting, wearing the clothes of the souls that we choose, how do we get there today?
Cleverer than a lot of sitcoms. Sitcoms. sitcoms? <laughs> That's a produce video again. <laughs> it is a lot cleverer than a lot of sitcoms that are on telly. Sitcuts. 